0: Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek and welcome to Minus Three, along with Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass and my main man, Kevin Hench, ready to chop it up. The weekend's here just in time world has gone absolutely mad yes nice wholesome content we have a world series champ in america's former national pastime muzzle tub to the atlanta braves meantime a carpenter may not be allowed to blame his tools but nba superstars are blaming the ball for their collective tepid start to the season Sidney crosby has covid that takes us to pro football the craziest week maybe ever in pro football saquon has it So do a bunch of other Giants, I think, and we know Aaron Rodgers has it, and there's more to that story. It's terrible tragedy in Vegas, of course, and like I say, weirdo behavior out of Aaron Rodgers. He's out for the big game against the Chiefs, then there's Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr. and Sr., um, so much to get to. Let's jump into all of it. And really, we're just here for the games, everybody. But we have some other things, game of life to discuss. Hench, how are you, fella? You ready to bet along with us? slash minus three is how you do it. Follow along all the fun at minus three pod. Hench, where shall we begin? I mean, we could go on for the next 17 hours. It's,
1: inc- it's incredible. And Eddie Spaghetti's giving us a hard out today. So, so <laughs> this, this might end. Uh, like the old um, politically incorrect on ABC, I always liked the way they just would go. I right, just keep talking. We're going to do a jib shot and pull out while you guys are talking because our time is up. That's what Spaghetti's going to do to us mid-sentence today. He's going to say you're done. Um, I will give a heads up, and this should be taken into account when I give my best bets, uh, which which could be which probably can't exceed my brilliance of last week when the Saints the saints were my best bet against the Buccaneers last week. And obviously done. that came in. Um, but I am at the very end of a five day liquid cleanse. So I might not be thinking straight. I've had, I've had virtually no calories for five days. Um, self-imposed squid game misery, uh, Just because every once in a while you got to reset your system.
0: Oh, I was gonna. I uh, you blame Squid Games? I thought you were gonna blame your new Hollywood girlfriend, Shailene Woodley, with her holistic methods for goodness knows what. What the hell are you doing five days of liquid cleanse for? Who told you to do that?
1: Because I'm too weak to do the ten day cleanse I used to do. You gotta, you gotta give your body a break. Like with the overabundance, you know, we have so much food and we eat too much of it. I mean, look at spaghetti. I'm not lying. Um, But uh, Spaghetti looks at Spaghetti and he says, yes, (laughs) seconds.
0: (laughs) Uh, It's got to stay on brand. Yeah.
1: But anyway, so I might not be thinking straight, but I feel like this this weekend's games, there are some layups. Oh, my God. Are there some easy. I
0: kind of feel the same way here. And we have, like I say. We get well. You know what? How should we do it? Should we do our best bets, and then we can get Hench's thoughts on Odell, Junior and Senior, Baker Mayfield. Who? Let's do that, pay. please. What? All right.
1: I well, Yeah. Do the best bets first. Out. You know, what we'll do is we'll do. You know, we'll pretend like this is a well-produced show, and we'll we'll start with best bets, and then we can go into tangents about what NFL stories are informing right. our best bets, starting with um, my best You're just best jumping bet.
0: in? You're just jumping in? I, I I like to say, before we actually do the our actual best bets, I like to point out some ones that have intrigued me, at least. Can I do that? Is that all right? You can do of, whatever you want. It's an appetizer. It's an hors, okay. hors d'oeuvre before we get to the main course. Although Mr. last week you were, too, you were too chicken shit to join me
1: in saying your Steelers were going to win that game.
0: I was, but I also was correct in warning everybody that college kids after a big game, that is a you should look at the red flag that is there. I told you, I gave me no pleasure to say watch out for the U coming into Pittsburgh to play the now rank or then ranked Pitt Panthers. Yep. And we saw what happened there and that, that money line must have been a nice payout. Yeah, it was nine and a half. I I admit, I did say you cannot, I said, lay in nine and a half the week after a big win, a signature win for Pitt was bad. As far as that goes, it brings me to this one, which is Michigan State fresh off the big win against the in-state rival, Michigan Wolverines, now being in, at least for now, the final four mix, Michigan State. Going to West Lafayette to play a decent, not gangbusters, but not atrocious, Purdue Boilermakers team, they're only giving two and a half. That's a fishy line to me. And when the line is fishy, take the side that you think ain't uh, ain't given enough points okay. there. I like the Purdue Boilermakers plus two and a half against Sparty there and derailing Michigan State. Things are going to clarify. People like me who are unhappy with where the Final Four is and uh, uh, the perennial genuflection to Alabama specifically and generally to the SEC are once again vexed by where things are there will be some clarification between now and December 5th when they announce the final final four the other fishy one is the New England Patriots at the Carolina Panthers the Panthers are not a junk team and they're plus three and a half at home to who to Mac Jones that's weird to me I'm spooked by it. I'm not going to ultimately make that a best bet, but I am leaning Panthers heavily there. How say you on that one as a, a Patriots? It's funny
1: because I was yeah. thinking as I was uh, looking at that line, I'm like, I'm I'm going to be the Sheck in this conversation because like last week I was like Steelers are going to beat the Browns, and you were like, I, I'm too nervous. I can't. I can't even address it. And then I said like this week I looked at that line and I'm like. Um, I want to believe in the Patriots. I you know, I, I felt like they actually, their two huge runs both got called back on holding penalties against the Chargers. They could have blown out the Chargers last week. Hmm. That, that game could have been a blowout. And I'm like, maybe they're good. And Simmons and I have been talking each other up. Like, I think we're going to the Super Bowl. And Simmons then, I looked too. At, then I looked at that line and I was like, oh, I'm too nervous to pick the Patriots, but Sheck is going to convince me a la me telling Shaq last week, no, my team's going to win easily. And now you're telling me that line's wrong in the
0: wrong direction. No, well, right. That's why I that's why I will take the Patriots, because that doesn't that line doesn't make sense to me. And I've learned enough over the years that to when go it doesn't look go, okay, right, interesting. Interesting. what you're what you rationally think is wrong. If the number appears to be that off. So I'm taking the Patriots given three and a half in Charlotte, North Carolina. We also will get to the Vikes and the Ravens, the Packers and the chiefs, of course, uh, Browns and bungles in a big battle for Ohio, but Hench kick us off. Best bets. Here we go.
1: Okay. This is going to like last week. I liked your Steelers and this week, this is going to, this is going to bum spaghetti out, but I love his giants. I love his giants against the Raiders. I I mean, Spaghetti, <laughs> poor spaghetti's like you're insane. Um, look, it's obviously just a colossal bummer fest out in Vegas right now, despite sitting in first place. And you know, preparation, uh, being ready to play. Like eventually, this nightmare of off-field stuff has to catch up to the Raiders. They're they're just they're not talented enough. To just keep overcoming these insane, terrible stories, and I think this is the week that it starts—that the crater starts. When the Raiders crater, they're going to crater hard, and it's going to—it's going to be a month of losses. And I—and I think it starts this week with the Giants. So I, you know, take the points or do the money line plus one forty. Um, I know, I know, Daniel Jones doesn't have anyone to throw to. But I think, and, and Spaghetti, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that defense is a little better than people are giving it credit for. It wasn't, it wasn't all Mahomes missing open guys. They were they, covered. They played
2: They played pretty good on national TV on Monday football. I mean, it, it's, yeah, Mahomes definitely going through. Some people are saying like mechanical issues. And, yeah, there's a massive drop off from the Kelsey Hill talent level to their next best receiving options. Uh, they, they, they're just rotating through running backs. And also, I would also, like Kelsey isn't saying, talking about that yet as well. But the Giants' defense was really good last year. Uh, Patrick Graham's defense kind of fell off this year. Uh, as far as the bed goes, I mean, Daniel Jones. Love ha- it. You love it. I think Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett both had their collectively worst games First the Chiefs. Uh, if Jones was better or Garrett called more intriguing play options, I think the Giants could have won the game. The Giants really shot themselves in the foot. Like, that right, game spaghetti. was a Hold game. on,
1: hold on a second. You don't, you don't love the two yard out on third and four? I mean, you don't it's just love, throwing you know short of the sticks. Edging, wedging a low percentage pass? Like, th- that fucking play inside the 10 is, you know, obviously Jason Garrett doesn't draw it up for Sterling Shepard to be short of the marker. But, like, that play should be has to be both a super high percentage pass and beyond the marker. They turn that play into a low percentage pass that they completed two yards short of the marker. Like, I mean, I, I can't imagine, how your head was exploding. Everything's um,
2: underneath, everything's short of the sticks. And I get it. It's like your offensive line, none, none of the starters are playing. So I understand that aspect. You want to get the ball out quickly, but like throwing it short, four yards short of the mark, it doesn't make any sense. Having half your weapons out, Saquon out, Galladay out, your big your receiver It's, uh, I, I, I don't have the faith in Daniel Jones playing the way he did Monday Night Football to. But you know what's interesting about that
1: game, like it, you know, and they and it was like you called it, you sent the text, you know, early in the game. You're like, they're they're going to lose a close game. You know, they're gonna they're gonna beat the spread and they're gonna lose. And like I think we all felt that way. It was sort of the least intriguing close game in a lot. Like you're like, there's no intrigue in a tie game. We all know exactly what's oh, going.
0: I I really uh, listen. I, you know, I've been down on the Chiefs since summer, but um, I really thought that they were in some jeopardy in that game. And, you know, something that gets covered up is, you know, Mahomes threw a couple more passes that could have been picked. One actually was picked, and then there was the offsides that overdone. The other one was he got strip sacked. In a big spot, you know, in the red zone, you know, they turn that game over. Then the Giants do win the game. So the assumption, again, we continue to ride on, well, it's Patrick Mahomes. They'll turn it around. But Spaghetti touches on something, too. Teams have figured out now how to take away Travis Kelsey. So now once you have that solved, now it's about Tyree Kill. They have no run game. And the other thing is too, everybody bemoans, especially when it's your team, those underneath passes short of the sticks. But in the copycat league, everybody is now playing a defense, which is you're not going to kill us with the big play. That's what that's what we're preventing against. We're dropping our safeties to keep you from, from hitting a home run. And then this leads to get the ball into playmakers' hands and let them try to make a play. That ball from Danny Dimes wasn't ideal on that one short of the sticks. But the only problem I have with the Giants, and when I first saw that number, Hench, I was with you completely, but they're all shut down with COVID, aren't they? Isn't the facility like... Nobody's allowed in it as we were here as, on Thursday. Uh, it's not
2: as crazy as I mean I know Saquon has it, but I think the Giants are uh, at least from what I've read one of the more vaccinated teams. And if you're a vaccinated player that tests positive, you just need two negative tests and then a 24 hour period to play, which is what Saquon's dealing with. So I don't think it's as bad as that. The their main oh, issue is no? okay. I mean Booker had a pretty good game all around on the ground, like and the and the in the air and the ground for the Giants. The problem is like and I believe I said this to to Sal on you know, either against all odds or extra points was. The Giants, you know, with Dalen Jones, a B minus quarterback and an F system with Jason Garrett, you have a backup offensive line and you're missing all your weapons. Like you can't you're not going to overcome all three of those things. So You need one of them. And right now he has none of them, which is why I don't feel confident enough to to take the Giants in, in this game.
0: I, it I like It's not like being glib like- and I hate when people do the fan. What, 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 what am I going to do with my fantasy team? Not to get up on Mount Pius about it, obviously, if there's real tragedy please mind yourselves but we are a show looking at results uh upcoming here predicting results and i'm with you hench i mean my goodness Derek carr on down this is uh this is a mess this is it's this is grim times there how, how do it. you go play yeah. a ball game for real like you know what what's your what's your head like all this week if you're Derek carr or anyone else on that team but you know they're human beings after all they got to be sick just sick with you know and you can hear it too. They're sick for their for their twenty two year old friend who did something horrible and unforgivable and all of that. But yeah, I I, I hear you. But then the other side of it is, if the Giants are in fact plagued with COVID, then I don't. I, I it's a hard one. So I I was lean and stay away on that one. You make a compelling case. There. I
1: like the Giants, but I also I'm listening to Spaghetti and I'm thinking back to my college experience. Is B minus and F is that bad? Is that a bad report card? B minus I, is not that bad. Literally I mean, took me back the F to part my is career. bad. I was like, okay, you know, a couple B minuses and three Fs.
2: The that, you know that's what, terrible. B minus is not bad. The F part, which is Jason Garrett is bad. And I'll Jeff Schwartz texted me and check after the game was over. And he was like, listen, I would like to see Jalen Jones in another system. And I think that's pretty much what everyone in the league feels like he's showing enough. Like he's progressed every single year. He's playing without an offensive line, playing without, without uh, weapons that are staying on the field. If he was given some prodigy offensive mind, I think it would be light years different. So I just feel that. Okay. Guy. Yeah. Hey, cool. wait, wait,
0: wait, you know what? You make an interest. You, you raise an interesting thing. Cause I do think one of the great telling things that has no, uh, there, there will never be proof. So it's fun for somebody like me to shoot my mouth off about it at the end of the bar. Um, but right now you have to choose for the next five years. Would you rather have Danny dimes or Baker Mayfield as your QB? I, th- I, I mean, it's dimes, right? Oh, yeah. easily. Yeah. easily. I
1: agree. You know, uh, Mm-hmm. I mean, we're probably, you know, especially with Eddie Spaghetti's hard out. We're probably spending a little too much time on the two and six Giants. Perhaps. But I, I will, we're okay. I will, we can go. I'm I not going to. I will say this. No, this is my fault. This is my pick, the Giants. But I will say this. The, you know, the early in that game when they got Ross isolated on Sorensen, and he kind of threw up a 50-50 ball, but it was, you know, he the interference and he caught it. And it's like Slayton, Tony, and Ross, like, can take the top off a of defense and then they just choose not to. Now I know it's hard cause you're probably going to take a lick if you have to wait the extra time for that guy to, to run his post pattern. But I do think it, it would open up a lot more if they would have gone back to that vertical game uh, a couple more times, you know, then maybe the third and four uh, is complete is, you know, successful. Uh, but to the, to the to the Danny Dimes uh system thing, I I mean, I go back and forth, you know, and you do too, obviously, as a fan, but like, you know, you watch some throws and you're like, that is a legit throw. Wow, that was impressive. That was a dime. And then you watch some decision making. I mean, even on the option, like, yeah, all the defenders collapsed on you. You did it. You 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 won the you tricked them. All of them are on you, and this guy's running wide open in space. And every high school quarterback in America knows what to do right now. And you're lowering your fucking head to try to get the first down. Like, what is, are you permanently concussed? Do you have no idea of what's happening on the football field? So I'm sure as a fan, you, you suffer even more than the gamblers, um, do, but like he, he makes some terrible decisions, but he does, I-
0: but a good, but of course, I, I I'm going to, of course, people are now wringing their hand about hands about Patrick Mahomes, but it is funny if it's Danny dimes, who does it's like, yeah, see, that's Danny dimes. At what point is it like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is, and I've been, it's, it's, my point with them is the defense is crummy. That's the issue. And they don't have a third weapon for Patrick Mahomes to give the ball to whether it's a, a running back behind him or a, a third pass catcher um but i mean he he kind of gets away he kind of gets a pass uh pun i guess intended there for bad passes and stuff so he he's the of all the qbs out there he's the one week in and week out who keeps throwing the ball to the wrong team I, I, I said, and he's I fumbling texted. and he's just making bad decisions i mean at what I, point is it like what What's going on here already? Fifteen. I
1: texted Sal uh, during that game. Like the bounce pass is kind of becoming his signature pass. Like when he unloads and it bounces five yards in front of the receiver, you're like, oh yeah, it's Mahomes. It's what he does. Like I don't know when did like when did that start? Uh, I will say this too about the alibi. Um, a big drop off. On your third option in the passing game is true for 25 of the 32 teams. Like that's right. A, you know like who who has no drop off at their third option. Like that's that's not an excuse. You have the best guy at this position and the best guy at this position. So score some fucking touchdowns.
0: It's absolutely right. And you know you can look at uh, your guy Mac Jones. Uh, you know you could say oh, who's he throwing to? He would kill to have. Uh, Tyree kill is an option or Travis Kelsey, for goodness sakes. I will say one more thing.
1: He would kill kill to have 2020 Jonu Smith on his team because 2021 (laughs) Jonu Smith is terrible. I know what happened. What happened?
0: You would figure that Belichick would, would work magic with that guy. The, uh, you know, um, Swiss army knife, kind of a guy and, Boy, another bust Bust. from personnel guy Belichick dealing a bad hand to coach Belichick. One last thing on Monday Night Football, uh, because there are many candidates for Creep of the Week this week, obviously, that we've kind of gone over them. But a shout-out to the people who take time, their precious seconds, out of their limited... We all have limited windows here on the Big Blue Marble. And the people who take to social media or otherwise, in week eight, to bellyache about the quality of the Manning cast. I'm not into it. Now listen, if it's week one, and you want to dip your toe into those alternative waters instead of the traditional broadcast, and it ain't for you, so be it. If you even are vain enough that you feel like your opinion on that matters, Share it in week one, maybe week two. I'll, I'll you know, whatever. Ah, too much. They don't focus on the game enough. They they play too much grab-ass for my hardo tastes and otherwise. I can't hear the crowd. Okay. It's week eight. There's literally the regular broadcast for you to watch. Who goes on there's like I just can't get into that? Like, no one cares anymore. Shut up. They're literally watching, you're literally watching an alternative broadcast. When you talk about flip the dial down two channels and you don't have to worry about it ever again. What is wrong? Where is this narcissism that has been a plague this entire millennium? This is it maybe at its very peak that I have to complain about Peyton and Eli's discussion when I can flip to some other channel anyway,
1: permanent victimhood. I'm being Uh, victimized by this show that I don't want (laughs) to watch. I've never, like, it's funny. Like, obviously it's like, look, if you don't like Dave Chappelle, don't watch. If you, you know, if you don't like Hannah Gadsby, don't watch whatever. It's like, there's something for everybody, but this is probably the starkest example. It's like, the same show is available three <laughs> channels away on DirecTV without these guys. And By you definition, this is an get- alternative product of what is already airing on the main ESPN. Just go back. Football. You'll get more football on your screen. <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason I, I don't. I, I usually watch like maybe two possessions because I do find Peyton Manning compelling. Um, uh, the other guy's an idiot. But um, how did you win two Super Bowls? Oh my God. Uh, oh my Christ. It's fucking PTSD for me now. But, um, so, so, so I like the full screen. That said, I I mean, are, did Levy, Riddick and Greasy like ever add a calorie of information? Like, is that ever a second of like, wow, that was some insight. I mean, Here's a, like the best way to watch football if you're worried about your time on the big blue marble is obviously to tape games and watch the plays just blow through. Like when you're an hour behind on an NFL game and you can just go through it like that, you're in the hurry up offense. You're in the viewer hurry up offense. You are going snap to snap to snap. Now, you know, occasionally, sadly, very occasionally, you, you end up with a Tony Romo. Who it's like, if you're not listening between snaps, your experience is being diminished. Like with most people calling games, your experience is being enhanced by not listening to the football experts talk about football. Romo points out the contrast between someone who's doing actual analysis in the game and it's weird because I, I find I float away. I can't tell who's talking, Greasy or Riddick. Like, I just can't. I don't know. It's like Laurel and Riddick.
0: Yanni. Riddick is the one who uses football as an adjective more than any other human being ever has. This is a good football player in a good football game. And on this football team, he needs to make a football play if this football team wants to succeed this football season.
1: But but there was a there was an amazing one at the end. And again, these are these are the greatest football minds in the world. That's how you would get selected for this right. job. Exactly. No, no, you are the pinnacle. You are you, and and it's it's late in that game. I think I think Giants have the ball, and it's inside the final minute, the clock is stopped, and they have a false start. And and one of them says, That's gonna be a 10-second runoff. And it just sits there for a second. I'm, I'm at home going, the clock is stopped. I'm pretty sure it's not a 10-second runoff. But of course you do that thing where it's like, well, who the fuck am I to argue with the greatest football mind of his generation? Because who else would have this job on Monday Night Football if he doesn't know every single detail the way Romo does on CBS? Obviously, the, oh gosh, I must have missed a rule change in the offseason. This also constitutes a runoff? When the clock is stopped, no, he's just completely fucking wrong. Uh, and then they just move on, just moving right along.
0: Uh, what is the most? Here's how they're making decisions more and more. What's the most down the middle choice we could make in terms of broadcaster? That's it. What what is not? What gives us the least risk of offending uh, the extremes yes. at, at either is, end? That's it. And us, this is yes. what the result is. This what is what gives
1: it. us the least risk of offending or informing, informing right. the viewer of anything. What okay, what what is the, what are the emptiest calories we can possibly provide to the viewer, which is why you I mean it's funny you you've arrived at this solution check, which is obviously like um okay, so if I want to watch the alternate broadcast and get Peyton Manning's insight about like I mean really granular details about like what the plays are called and what the guys are supposed to be doing and why that guy, you know, flattened out his route. Like Manning is a cyborg. Now, if I want to get that, I have to have my game screen shrunk and I have to listen to him yuck it up with Michael Strahan. Like I, like I get it. I get what the critic is saying. Like I, but you're sitting there going like, Hey geniuses, why don't you put this guy who knows everything about football the way Romo does in my Monday night football booth. Can I just have Peyton Manning's insight about football and a full screen broadcast of my game?
0: Well, listen, I'm not going to watch. I won't be watching uh, pay and E on Monday night because my team is playing host on Monday night football. I will. I will want to hear the crowd noise and everything else. The belly acres. And, and by the way, Here's a prediction for you. And where Romo's concerned, we still, including Peyton, who is fascinating to listen to, and Eli is more subtle in his analysis about what the receiver was supposed to do or where the ball needed to be delivered and everything else. But they're both really insightful about it. But... Romo still when Romo made the scene years ago, everybody announced, well, we could all do that. We just haven't done like why you haven't done that. I don't know why Romo has unlocked some uh, some box for everybody like, oh, he's just going to tell you what plays coming up. Well, we can all do that. Still haven't seen anybody do it with any accuracy (laughs) besides Tony (laughs) Romo.
1: They literally break the huddle and he tells you exactly what's about to transpire. Like he's seen the game already.
0: What I think is going to, here's a prediction, because Brady is talking about, like, you know, the rules, and good for Brady to admit as a quarterback, like, it's never been easier to be a quarterback. Everything skews in our favor. We should be able to make plays um, given the, the, the existing rules. But I bet you, if you hook Tom Brady up to a lie detector, doesn't make this actually true, but in his heart, I think he thinks this is true. I bet you he feels like, I said a little bit too much when I was talking to Peyton and Eli, and that's why the Saints beat me. I told them something that Sean Peyton used against me on Sunday. And I think that just like it goes all across the board, like you're just – Baker Mayfield is now getting closer and closer to being the latest victim of – just don't say anything because it's not worth opening your yap, especially if you're the quarterback. Just don't say anything because it's going to offend somebody or it's going to be bulletin board material and it'll be used against me. I bet you Brady feels like I shouldn't have gone on Peyton's show because that screwed me up against the Saints and now. Well, Josh, that's, the, it. that's the that's
1: uh, the Belichick press conference lesson. There's I bet you that's right. There is zero upside. There is zero upside. On to Cincinnati. Next question. On to Cincinnati. What what's in it for me? Right. Um, hey, that's a good
0: transition. On to the uh, next we, best bet.
1: Go. Not not really a good transition, you but did I'm going to pretend job, it's a good transition. Good for you. Okay. Good for you. Okay. Tell me how I got a couple of teasers. I Liquid at the schedule cleanse. And Liquid and cleanse
0: I, for five days. Who does? Maybe days. maybe I'm, like for eight I'm hours like, or I something.
1: Am, I am, I'm a Hanks in act two of Castaway. <laughs> I'm going to start talking to volleyballs. Uh, <laughs> so, your wife. Yeah,
2: Hench, I'll do it with you because I'm getting my Wilson tooth fixed later, so I'm gonna need the liquid diet. It'll probably do <laughs> do me some wonders. Oh, I'll stand yeah. in solidarity you can, you with can you. Can Don't probably, worry. you
1: could probably get down to 250 <laughs> if you do the liquid diet. Um,
0: my name's so, not Wilson; it's Heather, and we've been yeah. married for 20 years. You jackass! Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, Squid Game that was rough. Between the between the no calories and the Squid Game. I'm like I at night I would just lie down hungry but with this churning indigestion as my my stomach's like hey uh usually we've got some food in here to digest so my stomach doing backflips with just churning acid and then my head doing backflips with like late stage capitalism squid game what's it all about <laughs> <laughs> which was just a nightmare.
0: Well, you <laughs> impose the liquid nonsense on I know, yourself. I Again, I don't pity look, you on that look, front. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna come out of this stronger. I'm gonna am okay. gonna emerge stronger. Now the now Good. I've already made some of these bets, so we'll see if I if I really emerge stronger Sunday in my near hallucinatory state. Uh okay. I just feel like this schedule this this, this week of games. I know teasers are stupid, and I know the Bengals killed everyone last week, but. Tell me how this does not cash. The Vikings are awful. The Vikings are terrible. Mm-hmm. That, month, that, that Sunday night game, uh I, I I could like Cooper Rush, like what's happening? You can't run the ball, you can't throw the ball. So Vikings getting six. Okay, maybe that number seems a little, a little high. Tease that down to a pick'em. Ravens pick'em teased with. Rams minus one and a half against the Derrick Henry less Titans. Come on, that's easy money,
0: right? Ravens, Rams, two-team teaser. Tell me I'm wrong. I like it, but for one game, we don't know what they look like post Derrick Henry. And so on some level, it's kind of going to be a new offense that the Rams are looking at. You see? Yeah, so you're,
1: so is Ryan Tannehill going to out? He has games.
0: He has stretches yeah, of I dominance. Know. I know.
1: I know. Look, I know, that, but check—they're all one-game stretches. I know. What is like one game? That's what we're doing. We're picking our best bets. Okay, so you don't love that. What about this? One? I like.
0: I like it very much. Although I'll tell you this, I kind of like the Vikings, and I kind of don't like the Ravens. To talk about something I've been pointing at all summer long, I. I just don't buy the Ravens as five and two. Now their schedule sets up that they should be assuming victory against, they should be probably, um, I looked at the, I, I think it's either eight and two or maybe even nine and two, but then they get into a, a rough patch. I will not be stunned though. If Dalvin cook and the Vikings can go in there and run on them, the The Cowboys, the takeaway from Sunday night to me was, I'm surprised that they won with Cooper rush, but that defense is legit. And I just don't think the Ravens' defense is that good. First, though, a quick break. Well, this is an
1: actual good transition because I agree that the Cowboys' defense is, you know, I think Micah Parsons could be a generational player mm-hmm. and uh, they've got players on the back end and they've got, they're getting pressure on the QB. And I lo- what about this, this teaser? This is my next teaser. Some of these have already been wagered on. Go to FanDuel. Okay. Cowboys, Broncos, tease that down to Cowboys minus four. That is free. So now you're now you're golden. And with the Steelers, tease that down. I don't like to, that.
0: Don't do that. Don't do that. You talk think the, the Bears Steelers. are gonna beat the Steelers? I well, if you're going to tease it, okay. I'm but the Steelers it. giving any pro football team almost a touchdown is too many points, as we saw against the Seahawks.
1: So you got so we know the Cowboys are going to beat beat the glove by more than four.
0: That do we? I mean, if it's Cooper Rush again, how many how many different chapters of good Ch- Cooper Rush do you anticipate? They're they're just
1: they're 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 a su- supremely talented football team and. I, and I'm going to go a step further with with this Cowboys love. If only Sal could be here, hmm. Cowboys plus four twenty five to win the, NF- the NFC.
0: Ooh, now we're cooking with gas because this is. I don't know why Sal gave me the business when I brought it up on extra points. I find the chase for. I think the three storylines in terms of you know the 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 horse race of standings, AFC North is great cuz it's just going to be cannibalizing each other and seeing who who emerges uh the least uh, beaten up from that. The the 6th and 7th seeds in the NFC and then the chase for the number 1 seed in the NFC is so fascinating between the the five teams in that mix. So you're going Cowboys here and now. It's fun. And they're in a bum division. That makes perfect sense. It's not even necessarily, of course, who the best team is. It's who's got the easiest path. And that is the Dallas Cowboys. And, thanks yeah. to the Eagles and, uh, and Washington. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I, that's and a good so, one. so different with the only team getting, getting the buy. So, so, yes. you
1: know, from a wagering point of view, yep. um, uh, okay, and then so I'm glad you
0: you agree with with. So that. Oh, so you're not saying number one seed, you're saying goes to the Super Bowl. Is, wins is the, the NFC. But again, okay.
1: They kind of okay. they go pretty hand in hand from a wagering point. Of view, I agree. If you want the best, uh, and then this is just because you know just to throw out a little non-football talk. But why? It's November. Who cares? It's this is football season. But I think this Miami Heat team is really really legit and. They're they're plus twelve hundred on FanDuel to win it all. And two years ago in the bubble, you know they they gave the Lakers all they could handle in the finals. Yeah, and they've added Kyle Lowry. Uh, Tyler Hero has made a jump. He's made a leap. So they have Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Adebayo, and um, Tyler Hero are all scoring over twenty a game. And Kyle Lowry just has this crazy like you look at his stats and you're like, how good is this guy? He's just a psychopath who's tough, who you don't like to play against, who wins games. You know, you look at the Kawhi Leonard championship in Toronto and you're like, how did they do that? And it's like, this Kyle Lowry guy is a difference maker. So I love the Heat. That plus 1,200, I know we only care about FanDuel here. That's actually the the worst price that's being offered out there. There's some plus 1,600s and plus 1,400s uh, you can get on the Miami Heat to win it all. And I just think that team is stacked. They're deep. They've got 68-year-old Udonis Haslam still in the mix. And Tom Brady, who cares how old Tom Brady? Udonis Haslam is 68, and he's playing in the NBA, and no one even talks about it. Um, so, all right, so we got your, we got Spaghetti's Giants. We've got Czech Steelers in a teaser. Uh, and we, we've got the, uh, the Miami Heat to go all the way. This is a collection of, of no food. These thoughts are coming from a place of, of severe deprivation.
0: Uh, How's anybody those- to believe you? You're, you're a lunatic who, who, who uh, on purpose hasn't ingested food for five days. We're supposed to listen to your counsel in, on if betting?
1: If these come in,
0: all right, if these all okay. come in. Then we all have I'm, to do it.
1: I'm never eating again. <laughs> None of us are going to eat for the rest of the season. This okay. is how it's going to go. We'll, we're going to look. We're
0: going to get ripped, and we're going to get rich. You know oh, who's eating? Anyone who's betting with Dave Damashek on the pup of the week, I keep telling you, not just not just nominal underdogs are going to win. I'm talking like heavy underdogs, plus 180 or worse. I'm five out of the last seven doing that. Should I give you what another was your one? Pup? What was your pup last week? It was the Pittsburgh Steelers going into Cleveland. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I, I was forced that. into it. I wasn't excited about it. I'm very close. You understand I'm emotional. As I say, there's I a reason it. why there What is it called Henge voir dire. That's why you're not allowed on a jury. If you're biased intrinsically by something, I can't see straight. I have a hard time. I can give you the analysis, but what the results going to be gets gray. I, it's hard for me to really identify at the end of the day though. Paradoxically, I end up being right about what the Steelers' record's going to be, and guess what? They're going to finish ten and seven. If here's the big one, everybody. This is a this is a warning shot. I'm not you know I'm not trying to hot take you, Big Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin, or otherwise. You're four and three. You're doing beautifully. This is a journey for me and Steelers fans who are level headed. The goal was never. It wasn't in March, it wasn't in July, and it isn't now in November to win the Super Bowl. Yes, that would be grand. Let's hope some magical uh, rest of season unfolds. But it's a journey. And if Ben Roethlisberger, in the twilight of his career, with all the doubters out there announcing, let's throw dirt on them in August because they have no shot with that offensive line. And forget, in August, how about when they were one and three? Now they sit at four and three. Now they just vanquished everybody's favorite darling team, the Cleveland Browns. They whipped them in Cleveland. Four and three looks very good in that division with a couple of teams ahead of them that are good, the Ravens and and Bungles, but not unbeatable. And there the Browns are right behind them. But it all pivots on Monday night football. I really do think that. I don't want to get crazy. If they win and they get the five and three, then they catch the Lions in Pittsburgh. Then if they
1: win, if they win, they're going to lose to the
0: Bears? The Bears if aren't some jive win. team. What do you think? The Bears are uh, an atrocity or something? No, they have a good young quarterback who's playing better and better. They should beat them, and practically the 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 matchup of Steelers pass rush against the Bears' O-line should be a major advantage for Pittsburgh, but we've seen them struggle. This is what they do. They they always play. This is one thing you can close your eyes and assume is true. From Cowher to Tomlin, and that covers thirty uh, something years at this point. For whatever mystical reason, the Steelers tend to play to the level of their competition. It always is like they barely beat Geno Smith at home. Watch them. Watch how they play against the Bills in Buffalo. Watch how they watch how they can go into Cleveland and, and and take care of that team. This is what they do. It'll be close, six points. I don't love for the Steelers. I hope I'm wrong about that, but. What's important is I don't care if it's 97 to 96 or three to two. What matters is the W move on to Detroit six and three. Then you just got to go four and four the rest of the way in a rugged path, but not as rugged as it looked before the season started in Arrowhead. Unwinnable doesn't feel that way anymore. They play the Titans. That's a winnable game. Play the Ravens a couple of times. Point is 10 and seven is what's going to end up coming to pass with the Steelers, but they must beat the Bears to achieve it or everything falls apart. Right well,
1: now. it's funny because now, you know, we both have the same the same illness. I mean, poor Spaghetti doesn't have to look at the remaining games to see if his team has any chance.
0: It's because, liberating for somebody like Spaghetti to be like, but, it's over but, for me. Okay. I'm just going to like I'm a football so, fan
1: now. Of right, course, that's all. of course, I can't. You know, I just can't stop thinking about the Damian Harris fumble that cost us the game against the Dolphins. The J.J. Taylor fumble that cost us the game against the Bucks. Uh, the series of terrible Belichick decisions that cost us the overtime loss to the Cowboys, three games, you know, seven and one, three plays from being seven and one. Okay. Just deal with the fact Pats, the Pats are four and four, but so now I go, all right, we get, we get Panthers. uh, We get the Panthers this week. I'm thinking the same way you are. I'm starting to look at how it lays out. Right. If the, if, 10 and 7 is going to be what it takes. The Patriots have a month of games. Titans, Bills, Colts, Bills. That's the brutal stretch. Maybe a little less brutal with the Derrick Henry injury. Okay. If they can be 8 and 7, they finish Jaguars, Dolphins. And it is gonna be ten and seven. We we both know that's gonna be the number to yep. get into the AFC playoffs. Right. And if they can be eight and seven after that brutal stretch, Jaguars and Tua and 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 we could be and Mac Jones could be leading a team to the playoffs in the first year of his Hall of Fame career, and and we will be losing our
0: minds. Uh, in New England, I know you will be, and uh, then the narratives will be written Tom Brady, too, and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, I think this is a telling game in Charlotte for both sides of things. I have the Panthers in the playoffs, I'll stand by that preseason pick. I have the Patriots in the playoffs, I'll stand by that pick, but it feels like one is going to suffer severe injury to those chances (laughs) when when, when they take the L in this one. Um, uh, but yeah, I I I think you're right about I, the Patriots are starting to put it together, and if they win this one, the thing I, I I think I've said on every show that we've done in the last three months is I gotta see Josh Allen against the tuned up Patriots defense. I gotta see it before I am a hundred percent because that's the one that's the team that feels uh, a, a notch above everyone else in the AFC. But if if Belichick Belichick's Josh Allen and the Patriots beat him, who then is really the favorite in that conference to get to the Super Bowl? It'll be murky. All right, best bets for me very quickly. Gave you the Boilermakers plus two and a half hosting Michigan State. That's on a hunch that 19-year-olds after a humongous victory on this role that they're on and the Heisman Trophy is going to their star running back and so on and so forth, every team stumbles along the way, and this is uh, Sparty's turn to do It that. is.
1: It is... You know, if you're Purdue, you're like, that team is going to be so emotionally hungover. And because they're 19, probably actually
0: hungover as well. Um, and they and did it t- to Iowa a couple few weeks ago, too. They did the exact same thing to them. And, and not only was this hugely emotional
1: victory, but, you know, quickly forgotten is the series of things that had to happen like the the, the like the, that game Michigan State with some breaks in that game you know so uh I, I agree with you that line looks fishy so head towards the smell of the fish
0: <laughs> mhm okay well said well said fish hench is talking all food he's hungry can't oh my god i'm going to break to for fast. some white fish you
1: know spaghetti's going to the dentist and i'm going to the deli <laughs> <laughs>
0: I am going to go with tempted to take the Vikes in the purple bowl there in charm okay. city. Like I say, plus six feels like a lot for the Ravens to be giving a, a, anybody, but I'm going to stay away from that one. Almost going to take the Patriots. I'm not going to take that one. I am going to take Jordan loves green Bay Packers. This is still a well-run organization. And unless you assume, and I know I, uh, I lead the charge on, you know, less need, the brilliance of Les Snead and Sean McVay and the philosophy of like, you know, you belly ached this summer about the Yankees just giving away future assets to get players that can help them now. Like, yeah, that's how you should do things. That's that's the way to do it. The assumption that you're going to hit the same reason you should go for two to win a game instead of in, in, in the clutch instead of overtime because there are a series of things that must happen for it to equal out the risk of one play the same thing with like drafting well we can kick it down the road or um or we could try to win right now but draft picks what about picks? well the it's a crapshoot if you're good at it you hit if you're a good drafting team you hit on about 58 percent of your picks They used their first overall pick on Jordan Love. Are they just crazy and wrong? Maybe. We don't know because it's a crapshoot, like I say. But I'm going to buy the Gutenkunst and Murphy and the rest. Know what they're doing. Jordan Love is good. He's been there for a year and a half learning at the knee of one of the all-time greats in Aaron Rodgers. The team in general is good. The team that's not good, the Chiefs. Seven and a half. They're 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 catching seven and a half and arrowhead? What are we crazy? Because Jordan loves starting his first game. It's not like he's never taken any snaps. I love the stories about Aaron Jones stays after practice on Saturdays to work with him on practical functionality on handoffs and screens and everything else. I think this sets up nicely. The team's gonna rally around the kid. They will, I think, win outright, but at minimum. Woo! Okay. Oh. At minimum, they will they will get past that seven and a half, and then uh, an upset. I definitely well, believe. Hold on, hold on. Let's Go let's, let's
1: chop this up a little bit before Eddie's going to cut our mics in about eleven minutes. Okay, but, but uh, this is a good you know because we haven't really gotten into we haven't discussed. And by the way, obviously when I insult people, I can tell immediately when you're that you're friends with them by your reaction. So I, I'm gonna I, I do want to talk about the Supreme Narcissist who plays who who sometimes plays quarterback for the for the Packers, but isn't playing quarterback for them this week. Uh, because you said this is a well-run organization. Not according to number Yeah, I guess 12, not. Yeah, right. Not Touche. According to number 12, it's not. This guy who's who's been surrounded, he's winning MVP awards, he's going to the NFC championship game every year. He's got all his endorsement deals, he's living the perfect life. He's like, this organization sucks. That's his take. That's his take. He stood at that podium and explained to us how, how much better they would have been if they had kept Jordy Nelson's corpse in Green Bay. Like, this guy fucking explained football to us <laughs> at the podium. And you're like, this guy's a prick. Oh, my God. Talk about a lack of gratitude. What an a-hole. So the events of this week should have come as no surprise to anybody that Aaron Rodgers is is insanely selfish. And what what the events of this week said to me was, I don't think he's acting in those commercials. I think he's actually pissed that other people are getting the Rodgers rate. I think he's mad at Jake from State Farm that working class people are getting his deal because he's a supreme narcissist uh, with, with his homeopathic doctor who doesn't want to be part of the social contract doesn't want to be part of a team he just wants to be he wants to be on the Aaron Rodgers team so I hope you're right because I got to say week one when Aaron Rodgers laid that egg against the Saints when the pack got blown out Jordan Love came in and moved the ball right down the field and I was have. I mean even though I was losing by by 70 points to Sal in fantasy because of Aaron Rodgers game I was so delighted because I was like oh this would be awesome. if if Jordan Love is good now, if there's a quarterback, if they trade him now, this would be awesome. So I think like much of, and I know there are Packer fans who who are not too thrilled with number twelve saying, no, hey, uh, not exactly a tourist attraction, in Green Bay. This is a shithole. I play in a shithole. You live in a shithole. Fans who've dedicated your lives to me, your town sucks. Also part of his press conference. Well, by the so, way,
0: now that the only according to Aaron Rodgers, the only attraction in Green Bay is him, so this is really going to ding tourism there, right? Oh so, my god! Well, we can't so, go see him. He's got the, he's got the plus. We can't go visit him. So so um,
1: I I would love for for love to to beat the Chiefs, put up big numbers, uh, and and then maybe in his press conference just say like. Hey, I'm really grateful to this organization for giving me a chance. I think that it's time. Was, yeah, I, I, just, I
0: think we've just, yeah, if Jordan Love would get up to the microphone and say, I, I think I've proven to the organization it's time to turn the page on from I, conspiracy yeah. weirdos who, whose girlfriends eat clay on purpose and all that, which is one of the side stories now coming out is that uh, Shailene advocates eating clay. Maybe you could try that, Hench. Hey, listen, I'm a, I, I am eat a, clay.
1: I am a an ardent uh, opponent of the medical industrial complex. I, I you know, I, I think for profit healthcare is is horrible. Uh, that said, the vaccine's a miracle drug. Like, what, like, OK, you know, there are some things that, that Western medicine does well and some things they don't do well. But uh, this this vaccine has been been taken by several billion people. It's it's a miracle. Uh, Not to be on
0: Mount Pius about it, but if the rules are that he can't be around, what exactly is going to come out? I mean, between the emails, I I, I joke about that Kamish Goodell's been masterful at just flooding the zone, uh, which is how you beat the zone, of course. And I mean, there's so many uh, stories out there, but unresolved ones, too. It's going to be interesting. First of all, this Odell thing is interesting, how you shelve him without... Uh, you know, just putting him out on the market, and they couldn't trade him, even though you knew they wanted to trade him. This didn't come out of nowhere. I can't. I guess they Stefanski and everybody said they're surprised by the Odell release. They knew he was a pain in the ass, though. People who want to defend Odell. It's a talking point for Baker Mayfield week in and week out like yeah, more targets for Odell trying to involve 13 more in the offense. That's a mess, but the email thing with Gruden is is a gathering storm. And what the hell were the Packers and or the league doing if they knew Rodgers wasn't vaccinated with him doing the unmasking? Was the assumption no one's going to find out? With no it, we're, we're never going to get caught by this. As long as 12 doesn't get the plus, we're in the clear. Those are questions yet to be answered. I do think though, just in terms of, you know, football, the Packers are good. The Chiefs are not. I'll take the Packers, plus seven and a half. Next, I like the Niners. I think the Cardinals are fun. I love Kyler Murray. He's banged up a little bit. So his his number one virtue is his ability to run and move around and and scare defenses with what he's going to do. So he's a little limited. The Niners have put their backs up against the wall. I know a lot of slings and arrows have been shot in the direction of Kyle Shanahan. I still think he's the real deal. Niners plus one. I'll take them straight up winner, in that one, and I that agree. rounds it out there. And I want to, I, and I, I, I and and then we have a real race, although the Rams are probably going to pull away from the division. But I think the Niners are a legit team that's going to be in that mix for uh, for one of the playoff spots over the second half of the season. All right, we're all around it. Green Bay, Kansas City, FanDuel Sportsbook wants to make a big game even bigger. Get in on FanDuel, giving new customers 30-1 to 1 odds on either team to win. That means you can win $150 on a $5 bet. All you have to do is make a choice, Packers or Chiefs. I am on the Packers. You can also do a same-game parlay. Do you think Devontae Adams gets into the end zone? Make him one leg of that. A.J. Dillon gets in the end zone? There's another leg for you. Tyreek Hill, pretty dependable in the Department of Scoring Touchdowns. Bet him. Point is... Do it at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land and for good reason, fast payouts, great site, and fun bets like the same game parlay. Get in there and, of course, do your pals here at Minus 3 a favor. Do it at FanDuel.com and use the promo code Minus 3, the word Minus, the number 3. Spaghetti hit it because I do want to get uh, Hench's thoughts on on the Odell uh, v. Baker thing, and I, I'm stunned that there is such a high percentage of people who are like, well, you got to side with Odell here. But anyway, spaghetti hit us. Uh,
2: my best bets. I'm going to do all college football ones here because of the playoff. And since the first week of the playoff rankings have been out, FanDuel did this really cool thing where you could uh, just bet on to make the college football playoff or not. So that's where all my three are. I'll give them to you right now. Uh, my three best bets. Since to make the playoffs, plus 180. Uh, Alabama, no playoff. coming around. Alabama, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you, I have reasons for all. I'm gonna but I'm gonna give you all the best, okay, fun, go the best ahead. first. Uh so Cincinnati to make the playoff is plus one eighty. Alabama not to make the playoff is plus one twenty eight, and Oregon to make the playoff is plus two seventy. I'm gonna start with the Oregon ones. I think that is the easiest thing here. And I feel like I'm a mad scientist who went in the lab, looked at all the schedules. So Oregon's fourth right now. If Oregon wins out, which they should, the rest of their schedule is fairly easy. They know they have a the game versus They have UW, Wazoo, Oregon State. It, the committee is not going to put a team in and then remove them for running the table. It doesn't make any sense. So if they're in the four spot now, I don't see them being removed just by simply winning. Um, uh, they also are going to get help by losses. So now if you look at uh, Alabama's schedule, Alabama last game of the year, they're at Auburn. So it's a three versus 12 match. I think Auburn is, you know, they lost to Penn state, but I think they're a pretty solid team. I think Alabama traveling to them could give them problems. I also think there's a chance that Auburn, uh, that Alabama loses in the SEC championship game to Georgia, who I've been touting since August, and I think Georgia's going to win the whole thing anyway, so they're going to stay number one. I'm not worried about Georgia. They're going to beat Alabama, but I think Alabama could slip up and lose to Auburn, which would pretty much remove them from any playoff competition talk. Now, the other interesting one because the rankings, um, where are the rankings again? They have so Ohio State's five, Cincinnati is six, Michigan is seven, Oklahoma is eight. So what you, I think is going to happen is Michigan, but okay. Michigan, the last game of the year, Ohio State is traveling to Michigan. I think Michigan's going to be up for that game and actually beat Ohio State. I think Ohio State is beatable. I think their offense has played better. CJ Stroud is in the conversation now for a Heisman, but their defense is not good as years pass. Harbaugh will finally get his significant win, but to knock Michigan out of it, Michigan plays Penn State. Uh, next weekend, uh, the thirteenth, they're at Penn State, so they're going to Happy Valley. I could see Michigan losing that game and coming up at home to beat a the last game of the year. That'll knock them out. I also think Michigan State, unfortunately, who is a good team. By the way, if I'm making an extra side bet, Kenneth Walker the third plus six hundred to win Heisman. I mean, the guy scored five touchdowns a couple weeks back. Like he's he's as good as it gets at running back. I think all the quarterbacks are kind of just they're just rotating. If Corral, you have Bryce Young, maybe Howell, get back in the mix? I know uh, Kenny Pickett. I don't no, love you any of the. Just I don't to make sure uh, sure you Say, can't I don't. I don't love any of the quarterbacks. I think they're kind of cannibalizing each other. I mean, Kenneth Walker's clear-cut the best running back in the nation, probably the best offensive player in the nation. And I know it. It's it's going to help his case if Michigan State wins out. I just, but I still think him plus six hundred is a really good bet to make because he's been awesome. Uh, I could see Michigan State losing. Uh, to Ohio State, and they have another tough game versus Penn State, too, which will pretty much knock them out of the playoff. I think the committee is just looking for reasons to remove Michigan State, which then leaves you know your undefeated Cincinnati, which they should run the table, and then you have your undefeated Oklahoma, and I just don't see how a one loss or or even a two-loss team is going to leapfrog Oklahoma, who's eighth right now, uh, who should win the Big 12, no problem. So then your four would be your Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Oregon, like I said, and Georgia. So I think that's the final four to so make all those bets. And now Let me say this to you. Do.
0: Let me say this to you. It makes no goddamn sense that the same committee sits around and says Alabama, who lost to Texas A&M, is the second team in the country. But Michigan State, who's undefeated after they beat Michigan, Michigan we're going to have at seven ahead of undefeated Oklahoma but Michigan State undefeated in a power five belongs behind one loss Alabama it makes no goddamn sense well, it does. I'm, I just you, about, I tell you why. I'm just about ready to check out on the whole thing because it's such nonsense this genuflection to Bama makes me sick already but this is a, you have they're to in a tough something. they're in a tough division all right well that's what happens some, sometimes to teams. the teams the cookie crumbles and you happen to be the second best team in the sport and guess what the best team in the sport is in the same division as you that's a shame but, but that's
2: uh, that's way it goes. But Alabama is a better team than Michigan State. Now, if Alabama wins out and they beat Georgia in the SEC title game, they're clearly, you know, they're going to be one or two in the, in the playoff and they're a better team than Michigan State. And they, and there is something to be said about the early season rankings. I know that you, you want to remove that. The preseason polls caused some issues, but no one really thought Michigan State would do what they're doing and people thought Alabama would be in the well, conversation. That's, what, that's
0: exactly, I, I don't care what people thought was going to happen in August. But that's, your, I mean, your once you, it once you decide we're going to have a play, we're going to have a four-team playoff or a two-team playoff or a 12-team playoff. You've now waived the subjectivity. I like the subjectivity. not work. I Your always argue work. that I love the old New Year's Day thing where all hash was settled on one day, and then you subjectively kind of agreed— uh, everybody got to put their heads together like all right we all know this is the best team they're number one it worked yeah. as effectively as the current system you, does you, you and went with this, this, this rubbish about like yeah but we know alabama's better like no they lost they, they lost nothing, you they are better
2: and you want all undefeateds but the problem is you want all undefeateds then you have to put in teams like utsa or wake forest so like your system either is not going have to work have out a little bit of you, like a brain and understand that like Alabama plays in the toughest division. They have the most five yeah. stars. They're probably the best team. And he, no one wants to play Alabama. Like as simple as that. This is the one year in the, in the recent years where Georgia, you could actually say, is is better than Alabama. When did Alabama.
0: that become the measure? As I said to Sal yesterday, I say to you, Hench. I mean, like when the Cowboys lost to the Niners, to Steve Young's Niners, and the Niners got to go beat the hell out of the San Diego Chargers, um, nobody said like, so Stan Humphrey's what's your final four? Staying Humphreys isn't as good as Troy. I mean, just send the Cowboys. What's your the final Super four then? What's your I'm final just, four? I'm I don't know Spaghetti's, yet. I'm just saying it. I'm
1: reading Go Spaghetti's ahead. comments in the chats. Fantastic. Uh, I missed that uh, earlier.
2: Uh, the Stafford rumor. Uh, Wait, what? <laughs> There's a little Stafford rumor going around that I heard from a uh, ultra reliable source that the injury he has is a lot worse than what's been said and his, him playing this weekend is in jeopardy. Whoa.
0: That's oh boy. Well, that one's our, that bet's already in I'll, the other I'll inhabitant say, of that stadium. Chargers are on the road in Philadelphia. That's one more best bet for you. Uh, Bolts minus two against the fraudulent Eagles. I, the, the chargers got to get back on track. This is where they do it. Hench your thoughts on Odell. Okay. Then we wrap it up. So, okay.
1: So uh, Mike Tannenbaum was on ESPN. Uh, and again, I made probably a personal friend of yours. I don't, you know, but he, so he gives this, he's, he's just impassioned. He's impassioned about his idea. And he says, he's like the Packers, the Packers should trade for Odell Beckham right now. The Packers should get this guy. And, and then in the next breath he goes, and the Browns should do it because statistically they're way better off when he's not on the field. I'm like, Hey, uh, you should acquire this guy who the statistics have proven hurts your team while he's on the field. So it's like, yeah, apparently, apparently the guy has no value. If, you know, and, and, and this is this might be why uh Baker is looking elsewhere what when Odell happens to get open on a play. Uh he, he's he does maybe the guy doesn't help your team. You know, I mean, I don't really, it's it's not like you don't have plus minus like hockey and basketball, but obviously there are some analytics that go, yeah, it's not a, it's not a good percentage play to throw to this guy. Uh, therefore we're going to move on. And so the funny part of Tannenbaum's suggestion is why would anybody want to pick him up?
0: I- By the way, you know, you just want to say something about Rogers with you know, or whoever with the uh, green Bay getting Odell, but it's funny um, that, The Packers probably, Gutenkunst, ironically, is rooting, I mean, they want to have the number one seed, but part of him has to be thinking like, we don't want Jordan Love to be awesome right now because we want Aaron Rodgers' trade value to stay where it is as an MVP level kind of a difference maker. And if he is diminished by Jordan Love being great, are we still going to get the same return this offseason, we try to deal him over to Denver or Vegas or otherwise. Um, the only be-
1: thing, I'd say the only thing, given how how good Rogers is, how good he has been, the only thing that could hurt Rogers' trade value would be a clay overdose. If he overdoses on clay right before the playoffs, <laughs> his stock's <laughs> gonna go down. And I say uh, this, I say this as somebody who would shove a fistful of clay in his mouth right now <laughs> because I'm so fucking
0: hungry. All right, go eat a clay sandwich. But I'll say this, I you know, Pittsburgh-based uh, sports fans may not like me saying it, but I one thing I, I'm pretty consistent on. I think Baker Mayfield is a pain in the ass, and I don't like him because I root for a different team in that division, but if I were a Cleveland sports fan, man would I love him. He's awesome. I know it's funny now to look at him jumping up in the late stages of the fourth quarter against the Steelers in the middle of a drive and get shoved out of bounds, and he jumps up and he's uh, pumping his arm and all that crap, and now it's, it's, it's a punchline, but what if he throws a game-winning touchdown pass there? You know, he's out there with one arm to begin with and everything else. It's what I said, the Cal risk of him I don't know how he convinced Stefanski I think that's another matter and I don't love the way he actually throws a ball Baker Mayfield but yeah. I do love the moxie and all that stuff I would be so jazzed if that guy was my quarterback except you're, for the so way you're he QBs
1: you're giving him you're saying he has one good arm I would say more so Venus pretty good more, I think he's more Venus DeMilo I'm not sure either <laughs> of those arms is particularly <laughs> effective uh, by the way, what was that final, 15-10? 15-10,
0: that's right.
1: 15-10, okay. So in the lead-up to that game, you know, Mayfield I, you know, was like, hey, fans, hey, fans, we're going to need you. We're going to need you big time. This is We're calling on you. And the fans are like, yeah, we're going to need you. Like 10 points is not going to get it done. We'll We will cheer. Here are the things we will cheer for. First downs, touchdowns, you provide us – we can't just fucking sit here and cheer all day while you guys punt the ball. And what, like, like he's like, come on fans. Yeah. Okay. It, it, move the chains. You, they couldn't,
0: I can't believe that, that the game plan wasn't just, we're going to give the ball to, Oh, we gave the ball to Nick Chubb 20 something times. Let's double that now. Like what, what was the, what was the thought process for the alleged genius Stefanski in that game? Very weird to me. I, okay. So he's not making hay every touch. Just grind away. It's a close game. Just keep on grinding with that guy. Do you think that the Steelers with their run defense, they're down to it. They're down Alu Alu. Cam Hayward alone is just gonna is just gonna make play after play. By the way, Hall of Fame. We keep having that discussion. But Cam Hayward, my my goodness, what a what what dominance we see out of him. Okay, listen. All right, here we go now, everybody. It's time for a oft ignored subject here we'll get to it but we're in the midst of football and everything else but the puck never strays too far from our minds or our hearts here on minus three Sidney Crosby Jack Eichel on the mood take it away spaghetti and meatballs
2: We're back, Spaghetti Meatballs is here. Exciting edition because there was a massive NHL trade, which we're excited to talk about. But first, I'm Eddie Spaghetti, I'm here with Mikey Meatballs. Meatballs, how you feeling? What's the uh, what's the latest and greatest in NHL in your world? Uh what are
3: your initial thoughts on on all this uh eichel news? Uh you the floor is yours. Uh it's pretty good so far. One thing I I will say I am loving the uh NHL on ESPN. Yeah. Because I'll just go home and watch random games. Yeah.
2: I i on with that, uh, I feel like I, I know, not that I n- did not know about the league uh, beforehand, but I feel like I, not only is I, I, I care more and it seems more like forced into my face mm-hmm. to, to consume it, but I do feel like i have a better grasp of the league. So again, kudos to ESPN, Turner, um, you know, those people, decision makers who got the NHL over there. It, it's awesome. We talked about this a few weeks back, but it is quite exciting. Uh, before we get into the Jack Eichel trade news, is there other stuff going on on here. Sidney Crosby uh has COVID nineteen, has symptoms too. You know, the Pittsburgh Penguins are last right now in the Metropolitan Division, only have three wins, eight points, um he'll miss some time. Is this, is this going to be a really struggling, bad year for the Penguins, you think? I hope so. Yeah, I know. It would make <laughs> life a lot easier for us, and it would stink for Dave. But having one less heavy hitter in the Metro would be a lot better. But, yeah, so Sid the Kid is now suffering from that, but he should be back relatively soon. Uh, other news and notes which you want to get into is the Cole Caulfield demotion to the AHL. I'm not sure if anyone in our preview picked him uh, to win the Calder. I know I was high on Trevor Zegers, and I know Spencer Knight was brought up a lot. Uh, Right now, the odds for Cole Caulfield to win the Calder is plus 900. Spencer Knight, like I mentioned, plus 950. Ziggers plus 750 right now. um, You know, he's struggling a bit. They demoted him. Uh, Do you think he'll be called back up again this year and and, and flourish? Or is he going to need more time? Who do you like for the Calder now? uh your thoughts meatballs
3: uh i think caulfield's uh called chance are done for this year i don't okay. i don't think it's a shot i think if you get sent down that's pretty much it mm-hmm. like for your, your chances unless he comes back and puts up 25 goals or something like that um but montreal's not very good they're not yeah, good as, as we found out and i think they're missing some players uh i know price comes back but i do think guys like to Made a difference on their team and he's not there anymore. So, um,
2: Montreal's three and eight, only uh, six points last in the Atlantic. Very odd that a team goes from, yeah, being Stanley in the Cup Stanley Cup to being to one bottom. of the worst teams, uh, in the league. But now, uh, talking about a bad team last year, Buffalo Sabres this year, not as bad. Buffalo Sabres right now, five, three, and one, 11 points in the Atlantic, making massive blockbuster trade with the Vegas Golden Knights, who are four and five, eight points in the Pacific. Uh, Jack Eichel was a guy that, you know, one of the top centers in the league, one of the best assets to have in the league. Buffalo thought they were building a, a good young team there. Obviously did not go that way. He had his neck injury. He is now getting surgery. But uh, you have the details of the trade. He was now sent. I know there's rumors, the, Canuc- the, uh, the Calgary Flames rumors, the rumors for a long time he's going to go to the Rangers because obviously David Quinn was the coach last year. Uh, I believe the Kings got involved at one point. A few other teams got involved. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the Knights were kind of there at the beginning and stayed strong throughout and well before we get to the actual trade what was the calgary
3: flames projected deal with kachuk and so it was like kachuk a future first rounder a former first rounder and another prospect or two i mean a massive deal which is insane and then i i saw stuff that said kachuk was not involved um in that deal and if i was kachuk i'd be pissed well if he I was involved. right and i believe the organization talked to him
2: because i know he is an rfa i think yeah. after the season yep, he is so I mean, I don't think it's a smart move by them to do that because you're basically saying we'll see you later. If they, once a, pl- a players are human, once they hear stuff going on, it's the same thing in the NFL with Tua. Right. Like you're talking about getting Deshaun Watson for you know weeks and weeks and weeks, he's going to feel slight. He's not going to feel like the, the the organization's backing him. same thing with Kachuk, where you put a guy, you're dangling him in a trade off for a guy that has a major neck issue. Who knows if he's going to be the same player right. again? Obviously, I'm biased. I want Jack to be great. When to be you? Both be Terriers. I want him to be awesome. I think he's a great center. But from Chuck's point of view, if he's going to be you a know, restricted free agent, he may look elsewhere. So that, that offer didn't come through. But the offer that did come through with the Knights, it's Tuck, it's Krebs. What else is it, picks and prospects?
3: Uh, yeah, it's a first-round pick um, from this year, right? Mm-hmm. And then next year, uh, I think? Right. Or the trade
2: I have right here is good good podcasting by us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the trade is Jack Eichel on a conditional pick from the Sabres in exchange for Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, and two conditional picks. Now, the bigger issue with this trade, both sides have a player who's injured, Eichel, as I mentioned, neck surgery. It looks like he's gonna be back probably after the all-star break after the olympics won't be able to play with team usa because of this neck surgery uh i believe they said it takes uh six weeks to skate and then also a minimum of three months to be cleared for contact so that's the eichel stuff tuck also uh had a shoulder surgery this offseason he's not back until january so they are going to get him back in a way this trade actually helps the sabers who are still kind of fighting for a playoff spot because they're they're actually going to get a player who's going to contribute quicker than than uh, than Eichel would have been back. Plus, they already have Krebs who's who's going to contribute. But they're going to get two breathing warm bodies in their lineup at a, you know in the new year mm-hmm. uh, together. So obviously, Eichel it looks like he'll play again this this season, but not uh, as soon now. reversely, the Knights you know if he comes if the Knights could kind of tread water. I know they're struggling right now. They're four and five. If they can kind of work their way back up, get in the mix in the Pacific, and then you get an elite number one center. Like Jack Eichel in your lineup, now all of a sudden you're cooking with gas, and I feel a, you know, a lot better about that team than I did before this trade. Uh FanDuel right now has them to win the Stanley Cup, the Vegas Golden Knights is plus one thousand. Um the Sabres, I'm not sure if that jumped at all. Let me find the Savers here for uh, the Savers are <laughs> right now at last, uh plus fifteen thousand uh do you think this should as you're going to tell everyone to hop on com slash minus three bet on the vegas golden ice does trade move the needle in that direction for you how are you feeling about this or you think it's just going to be too little too late this season with getting Eichel back so late
3: uh i don't i don't know i think i think edmonton and calgary might push that gap pretty far mm-hmm. um i still think vegas is a good team and i think sure. if they can they can hang around um Once they get on a stretch, they'll be fine. I think Uh, you know it's their only you know first nine ten games they've had, but uh, yeah, like you've been saying, if they can tread water and and be okay, I think they'll be in the mix when Eichel comes back. But in terms of winning that division, tough. I think Edmonton or Calgary are going to be. I I do think Edmonton wins that division, like I gave out. Um, But I think the gap's going to be too far for them to win. Yeah, we, this is a division
2: that everyone thought the Oilers would be around. It'd be the Oilers or the Knights, coin flip, right? Yeah. And the Flames kind of came out of nowhere. The Sharks are actually having a pretty good season as well. The Ducks, we thought, maybe, maybe a year away. They're surprising people right now, too, with 11 points. So it's a way tougher division than we thought. Uh, the one that we could pat ourselves in the back for, the crack in, in last place. Again, we did not understand why mm-hmm. the the numbers were so high for them to make the playoffs and whatever. But uh, in terms of making the playoffs, the Sabres, to make the playoffs this year, plus 520, to make it, do you think this trade will help them? Come the new year, when both Krebs and Tucker in the lineup, are they going to do enough now to make it? And after a miserable last season, can they make it? Or you think it's going to be too tough in that division?
3: Uh, I think it's going to be too tough. In that division, I think they'll eventually start to fall off a little bit. The wheels will start to come off. Um, They're a good home team right now, Buffalo. They've been so, so on the road. And I think uh, once they start to play more road games and they go on the longer road trips, I think that's kind of when it will start to fall apart for them. I want to be bold. I'm not sure which side I want to take the
2: Sabres plus 520 to make the playoffs or you know, I think with the Knights and I'm with you too, I thought in this preseason I liked the Knights a lot and maybe the bias of me liking Jack Eichel a lot too, but... I could see them if they just tread water, and it's like one of those things with hockey. Is you get in the dance and no one knows. Like mm-hmm. that, it's the only sport you could see an eight seed beat a one seed, and no right. one really bats an eye at that because that's what happens up hockey. I think it, no one's gonna want to play the Knights if they get in with Jack. Oh Michael. yeah, no. Definitely. So I think if they get in there, I like I like that bet for them to win the cup at uh, plus a thousand. The Knights, I mean, you know, yes, the the Panthers look awesome this year. The Hurricanes look better than advertised, and I, I was pretty high in the Hurricanes, and then you still have. Your your oil, you just love your lighting. still have the Avalanche so there are other really good teams around here but the, the, getting a stud coming back you know potentially fresh legs and, and going to be healthy uh, all, you know knock on wood he'll he'll actually be the one healthy player going into the playoffs I kind of like the Knights, uh, you know, to, that that bet is not a bad one. But um, speaking of bets, we'll give you some weekend bets here. Uh, a big slate Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I'll start with mine quickly. It's it's a very a nauseating game to watch between Seattle and Arizona. Arizona right now has zero wins. Seattle not doing much better than three wins. The Kraken are coming to Arizona to play the Phoenix... uh, Phoenix, well, to play the Arizona Coyotes. And uh, I think they're going to get their first win at home on Saturday. They'll probably be getting a goal and a half. I like them to cover that, and I think Seattle isn't great. And look, Arizona's going to have to win eventually. Why not versus the Kraken at home on a weekend game? So I like the Coyotes
3: to finally have their first victory on Saturday. I like that pick. um, Yeah, the Coyotes are... Bad. Really bad.
2: Who's worse? Who... Is it the Coyotes or or do you think um, – or Chicago
3: or is there another – or maybe even the Kraken or do you think it's it's clear-cut, the Coyotes? I think the Coyotes are probably the worst. But I will say with, with them, their effort is there. Okay. Uh, they're – you know, they come out and they play hard every game. So it's not like they're just mailing it in and they're just a terrible team. They are trying. It just eventually comes apart each game and they, they – don't have enough to to get it done. All right, so, so I asked you quickly. I
2: asked you the worst team. Who is, is in your mind is the best team right now? Is it Carolina? Is it Florida? Or maybe is it Edmonton?
3: I would say Florida. Okay, I'm going to go Florida. Okay, interesting. I think, uh, I think the top players in Florida are better than what Carolina has, and I just think um, I don't know. I just I I think goaltending wise too. Uh, I, I I think Bobrovsky is. Will be better when the time comes than Anderson would be. Hmm. Um, but I was going to say for Arizona, I, this is a my my idea for them is just please bring back the green jerseys. Oh yeah, uh, just do something to make it better for you. If you're going to lose, look good doing look it, good, right? Yeah, yeah, just bring back you know wear your reverse retros from last year, the green uh, jerseys. Just go crazy with it.
2: Okay, so you, you got us a, a pick for our listeners here for the weekend?
3: Yeah, I, gave, I know I gave you a different one before, but I'm actually changing it up here. I'm going to go the Canucks to win uh, this week, oh, tomorrow against Nashville. Okay. Um, you know, they're just coming off a win yep. against your Rangers. Uh, crazy win. I kind of like how they started to heat up. Uh, Thanks for bringing that up. Towards the end of the game. So they're home versus Nashville. Nashville's a tough team, but yep. I, I do like Vancouver at home this week, uh, tomorrow.
2: All right, so there are your bets. I like the Yotes. Meatballs likes the Canucks. I kinda like that Vegas Knight to win the Stanley Cup after this trade plus a thousand. Not really feeling the uh, Buffalo Sabres to make the playoffs there. And uh and me and I didn't answer my own question, the the best team right now, and you go Florida Panthers. I may I feel well the high in talent you're gonna it's or it's Edmonton, right? But I think in terms of the team makeup what I like from top to bottom, I may have to go Carolina here, but you're right about the Florida. Though, if I, maybe I'm just not believing in Florida, yet. maybe I can't root for that laundry. I'm not used to seeing Florida be good, but maybe it's time to start believing in them. But mm-hmm. anyway, like you said earlier in the pod, it's great NHL is, is uh, being plastered everywhere now. ESPN, TNT, it's awesome. A lot of great teams in this league, and uh, you know, a massive trade like this with one of the, the faces of the league is always fun. So it's a really, really good time to be into the puck, and uh, hopefully next week we'll have another massive trade deadline. We'll always keep up on the OV Watch too with the goals and uh, you know hopefully the rangers keep winning and the islanders keep losing that's and that's that right we'll see you next week sounds good
0: <laughs> enough's enough um eddie spaghetti's got to go to a dentist uh hench as a uh, a clay sandwich on the horizon Um, and uh, you have the weekend, everybody, to get ready. Make sure you bet along with us, or if you choose, fade us, however your whatever your pleasure, fanduel.com slash minus three, the word minus the number three. Get into the arcade, NFL pick'em, college pick'em, and beyond, play against Cousin Sal on down. Good times to be had there, extrapoints.com. In the arcade, and uh, for the great Kevin Hench and uh, Eddie Spaghetti getting them teeth fixed up. Thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.